Hello there. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of the Condo Expert here in Mississauga. We have a fabulous conversation today. Now, what is the subject? It's actually allergies, anaphylaxis shock. And we have a wonderful guest, Debbie Bruce. She's the co-director of Canadian Anaphylaxis Initiative. Now, before I, Debbie, you know, I, you mentioned about the Good Samaritan Law. Now, I looked it up. Now, on the provincial government, it's actually the Good Samaritan Act of 2001. The definition in the Act says a healthcare professional means a member of a college of a health profession set out, and then it goes on about regulated health professions act. But however, having looked at that, Good Samaritan would not be a health professional. So a Good Samaritan would be someone who, and here it says it again, it says who would be covered by a Good Samaritan Act. A healthcare professional, of course, who provides emergency healthcare services or first aid assistance to a person who's injured, ill or injured or unconscious. As a result, you know, maybe of any type of an emergency, maybe about, you know, with respect to an accident. You know, I think that that whole sector is a no brainer. We know that. But what we don't know is, is that where it stands as far as an individual other than a healthcare professional. And if that individual provides any degree of emergency first aid assistance to a person who's injured or maybe someone who's unconscious, again, as a result of an accident or an emergency situation or an injury, and they step in and provide an immediate assistance then they're going to be protected. That's right. And when people need to know this because you see immediately liability, like it's, it's sad, isn't it? It's yes. like a weigh scale. You know, you see somebody who needs help and, you know, granted there probably are people that would turn their head, which is awful and it's horrible, but it's a reality. But we have to look at the good Samaritans and we have to be sure that they are protected if yes. they're stepping in, in the case of any of these kind of emergencies. That's right. So it's just like the defibrillator. When you come to someone's rescue with good intentions and you do your very best, then you are protected by the Good Samaritan Law. So it falls under the same guidelines. So yes. if I took a condominium, for instance, and say condominium directors decided now that they're going to keep both EpiPens available at security and also the, the defibrillator. I always have trouble with that name. <laughs> I can never spell it. I know. That's a, no kidding. I'll let you say the word then <laughs> before I stumble on it again. You know, so I think the, you know, the perfect um, situation is, is to have these available at security because, you know, if you're in a condominium, you still got to get from your condo and sometimes cell services in condos are really bad. And seconds you count. Know? You know? Yes, they do. That's one of our concerns in colleges and universities, too. Uh, security is responsible for responding to an um, emergency. Mm -hmm. And if they're not close to the person experiencing an anaphylactic reaction, then, you know, you worry. Well, so this is it. The exactly. more people that know where the EpiPens are located and that they're located in prominent places, people are trained. And, and it couldn't be easier. I mean, EpiPen has a new commercial now, and I have everybody telling me about it, even people that don't have allergies in their family, saying blue to the sky, orange to the thigh, and really it's as easy as that. You take the blue cap off, you hold it in your fist, and you stab it in the thigh. That's it. And you hold it till you hear a click, you count to 10. I'm a football fan, so I count 10 steamboats. Yep, <laughs> and that works. And you have yes. someone call... 911, but you do the EpiPen before you call the 911. 
That's the first thing you always do. You do the EpiPen just to stabilize your body because of the uh, it, reaction that you have to get it started. It buys you some time right. to get to emerge. You right. still have to be transported to emerge. Right. Of just course. because you've given the epi doesn't mean, you know, okay, the reaction. No, you still, right. You, ha- you have to go right. to emerge and the person will be put on intravenous and, and extra medication and they'll be monitored. Well, you know, I mean, I touched on it a bit about the cell phones because see, nowadays so many people, they, they really don't get landlines. They just depend on their, st- their cell phones yes. or maybe what they might even depend on their WhatsApp. So maybe they depend on, you know, like Skypes and, and, you know, any of those type of things. That you, isn't that the truth? Yes. Exactly. So what happens here is, is that if you're in your condo unit and you are unable to phone for an emergency or anything, but you do have the EpiPen down at security. Granted, you'd have to get in the elevator to get down there, which is going to be a problem, depending on where you're at, to be honest with you, and how quickly this whole thing is coming. But at least you have something. Yes. Because, I mean, if you can't get a cell signal, then you're in trouble. Yeah, and then if you still have to wait for an ambulance to arrive or the fire department to arrive, time is everything. The time. You know, that's why we were so grateful to the fire trucks, because often they're first on the scene. And we still need the ambulances to to transport and continue treatment, but it's so reassuring to our families that the fire trucks can respond immediately. So maybe there's one more step past the EpiPen as well, because I, I have to admit, like right now my mind is, is like floating everywhere all over. You know, I was just thinking about condominiums, because every time we turn around, they, they talk, they want to bring in new ideas for the developers as they're building these condos, what else can we introduce? Right. Well, it seems to me as maybe a panic button of some sort directly down to security would be a smart thing, considering the problem with cells and connections and, and so on. And that would actually go for a lot of different that types be, of emergency yeah. situations, wouldn't it? It would make a lot of sense. I mean, it's a hard wire. It's, it's not expensive. It's a direct hard wire from the unit directly to security, only to be used in major emergency life-threatening situations. That makes a lot of sense to me. Exactly. And then if they had a medical kit, say, for instance, okay, if security had a medical kit that had the defibrillator, and it also, and I did that, did you hear that? <laughs> and they also had the EpiPen, then that would, right off the bat, uh, right, they would actually have, you know, the, the means to be able to get to that unit. They already have a security pass key, so they can get into the unit right immediately. Okay, we're not trying to turn them into paramedics, we're just trying to save lives. That's right, yes, and it's a, it is a simple thing to do, and being able to respond quickly would make a huge difference. Well, you know, the the kit. So so there are kits. And, yes, EpiPen um, has these wonderful lime green kits. They're okay. bright with a bright yellow label on it that holds a junior and, an, and a regular senior EpiPen along with instructions inside. I know it says here that it includes a window decal indicates uh, indicates EpiPen and has a poster on severe allergic reactions. It uh, gives a kit's design to hold up to four EpiPens. Really, each so that is excellent. Yeah. So so actually, now there is an expiry date on the EpiPens, but um, I know that it's it's giving you at least two to three years. Well, actually, no, it's about a year, year and a half. Oh, is that what it is? However, okay. EpiPen does have a process where you can register the EpiPen lot number with them. Right. And they will let you know when it's expiring. Really? Yes. Okay, so they can do an automatic email of some sort so that you're st- you're kept on top of it yeah, because so they you wouldn't want to end up using one that's expired. I no, don't think it would, it would be probably better lose some effectiveness, I possibly, would think. Possibly, yeah. It would be right. better to use an expired one than to use nothing. Well, absolutely. But yes, yeah. ideally they need to be kept up to date. 
Well, you know, I'm looking here. It's funny because he even had a Dr. Heather McLeod Kilmurray, Associate Professor of Law at the University of Ottawa, explaining uh, with, you know, information with respect to the law, how it provides an individual with uses. So it seems as if it's getting a lot of attention all over. So it's it's branching into all of like, I mean, this is now the university. So they obviously must have done a study of some sort on it. Yes. To be involved in it, so so how do you find how do you find the uh, you know the immediate reaction when you're going in for your appointments and you're introducing you know the epipens and and what your organization is all about and so on like how are you finding the reaction? People are really receptive because everybody knows somebody that has anaphylaxis these days. It's very unfortunate, but it, but it's a, a new reality until we can find a cure. It's a new reality. So people are supportive and anxious to do the right thing. Well, you know, I think it's important, too, is, I mean, our politicians need, need to step in on this one and support maybe a bit of a stronger legislation, it seems. Like, are, are there any stakeholder groups of any sort that are sort of out there right now where they're doing more investigative research to branch it out, more of a mandatory thing? Similar to the carbon monoxide. You know, we had an amazing group of professionals. There was 26 of them in the room uh, with the fire marshal. I was part of that on behalf of the Condo Owners Association. And just hearing from the experts and knowing more about, you know, life safety with respect to carbon monoxide and even fire detectors were really important. So that kind of an initiative to to sort of bring all of the groups together. Well, when... when the unfortunate accident happened with young Maya at the mall. Uh-huh. Counselor for Hamilton, Lloyd Ferguson, started uh, a movement to have EpiPens in restaurants and uh, shopping malls. And he introduced that to council. Peel is also looking at it. I've been talking to them about it as well, and they're studying it now and having dialogue. Niagara is also working on it, but it's a regional issue. And yes, I would like to see... Of course, I'd like to see laws saying that they need to be in public venues, you know, community centers. One of my friend's daughters, when she was 16, played hockey in Mississauga. And, you know, a typical teenager went running out the door um, to drive herself to hockey, forgot her EpiPen, tried a new, ch- uh, tried a chocolate bar she'd always had, but they had changed the manufacturing location of the chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. And she ate it, and there was nuts in it. She had a reaction. She didn't have her EpiPen with her. Normally, she would have, but she's a typical teen. Luckily, her mom arrived in time with the EpiPen, and she was fine. But in an instant like that, if there'd have been one at the community center mm-hmm. already, then she could have had it right away. Well, you know, it sounds to me as if maybe more of our politicians need to embrace it. And, you know, introduce it within their own writings, to be honest with you. Like I, I was looking at Councillor Lloyd Ferguson, uh, you know, and the remarks that have come through here in the Hamilton spec when yes. all this went down. I mean, there's 1900 food service outlets in Hamilton. But why not go beyond that? I mean, they need to actually take a look at the entire picture. There seems to be more and more allergies out there nowadays. That's what I'm finding. There really is. There yes. really is. It's, um, there's, Two and a half million Canadians report having at least one food allergy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had, for my son's 20th birthday party, or I'm sorry, his 18th birthday, we had 20 children over to my house, young children. And out of the 25 were peanut nut allergic. And it was a random, and one of those was also shellfish allergic. And it was a random group. It was, they were not there be, at my house because it was a safe house. It was just a random group. That's, that's really a high number 
Uh, well, absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, they're quoting here, 7% of Canadians are at risk of anaphylaxis from food allergies alone, and about 300,000 Canadians under the age of 18 have food allergies, according to Anaphylaxis Canada. It's 1 in 13 people. So, and this is actually as of October 2013. So. And when you think, too, that's of the entire population. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is relatively new. So you see a much higher number in those under 30 and a much higher number again in those under 20. And what we're now seeing, which is a real concern, is, yes, pretty much everyone's familiar with peanut nut allergy, but now we're we're seeing people, young people with milk allergy. They used to outgrow up by the time they were two or three. They're carrying that into the school system with them, and it's very mm-hmm. hard to manage that. In a school system, they really need the cooperation and understanding and compassion of their school community. So we are seeing an increase in multiple allergies. It you know becomes harder to shop. Well, you know, it's wonderful that Hamilton has stepped forward like this because of the circumstance. Yes. But, you know, and, and I know Mississauga, uh, you mentioned Councillor Starr had an episode as well where he was able to step in and help someone. Yes, he tells a story. Right, right. He tells a story where he was one of the parking lots in one of our local plazas where he, a, a woman was asking for help and he went over and she was having a reaction and asked for his help so he got her EpiPen out of her purse for her and and administered it to her and he very likely saved her life. Well, you know, so that brings me back to the condominium world. It really seriously does because if you're in your house and you call for an ambulance and whatnot, the ambulance is going to show up at the front door and come in your house. Right. But you've got confusion in condominiums. There's a lot of confusion. I mean, I remember I had a report from firefighters and some of these condominiums, their hallways are not labeled. So in other words, when you get off the elevator, do you know where the unit is? Ah. Do you go east? Do you like? Do you turn right? Do you turn left? It's down the hallway, around the corner. I know in fire situations when there's smoke filled, it's even hard for them to find, especially if it's not a condominium hallway that's just straight rectangular end to end. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, you know, squared shape or circular shaped and it's all going over here or maybe it's joined in with another condominium. So it's another hallway. You know, there's a lot of confusion. And some of the rec centers and whatnot are on other floors, not in the basement, not up on the rooftop. And they could be on the floor where there's only three units on the floor. So it's hard to find those three units in the midst of all of the common elements of the building. You see, so these are things that are all going to take time in life-threatening situations. So so maybe, you know, I mean, I'm going back to condominiums. It seems to me as if I, I really believe that the Ministry of Health needs to step forward and maybe start a stakeholders group a stronger one, take the same type of initiatives that uh, Hamilton has taken and expand it from there. And even, you you know, like totally expand it. I mean, we have research, we have information out there. We've had, you know, situations where people's lives have been at risk. And sadly, we've had people that have also died because of the fact that they don't have any kind of protection or they got exposed the way they did. So what do we do next? Well, back in May 22nd, 2013, The federal government passed an anaphylaxis motion unanimously. We're very excited about it, recognizing that anaphylaxis is a serious concern for an increasing number of Canadians and that the government should take the appropriate measures necessary to ensure these Canadians are able to maintain a high quality of life. And I'm very proud that 
all of our Mississauga MPs were there to support every step of the way on this motion, from Brad Butt and Bob Deckert and Stella Ambler and Vladislav Lezon. And if I've missed anybody, I apologize. Well, but I think were, that's great. That's they perfect. Were, and so, I think uh-huh. although... Although a lot of these issues are regional and uh, provincial, I really think that the federal government can take the lead in taking the message back to their various communities. All the MPs can take these messages back. You know, they can talk to their communities like, do we have EpiPens on our fire trucks? Do we have EpiPens in our public buildings? And how can we work together to reduce the risk for those afflicted? Now, is there is there any national awareness campaigns that are out there right now? Um, a national awareness campaign? No, no, and we no. Need, and, and we and, need one. So, actually, like, it seems to me as if that is the next step on the list here is yes. to create a campaign. I mean, we can wait for government to, you know, as long as they have their finger on their pulse and they know about it and they're going to be supportive of it and try to gain forces in order to get, you know, maybe all the provinces and it's whether municipalities or provinces or the country involved. But I think in the meantime, it seems as if we need to lean towards awareness. I think we need a national dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, very much so. And and there's, you know, there's things that were issues that we're struggling with, for instance, on food labeling. You know, we're asking friends and family and teachers and, and school community to purchase products that are safe for these children with anaphylaxis. But think more can be done in the food labeling because may contain is still voluntary at this point. And most people think that if a product has the may contain statement on it or or doesn't have the may contain, then it's safe. And that's not necessarily the case. So we need to get that message out to people as well. So that would also, that would always also put a warning out there on something that just entered my mind is what about people that order things through the internet and you know whether it be a food item whether it be a sports bar whatever it is from whoever wherever they're ordering it from because a lot of people do online ordering and you know the items are coming from all across the world potentially how do they really truly know what the substance is that's inside those particular products? I mean, there seems to be some degree of a risk going on, you know, especially if people don't know, number one, they may not know they have the allergy. Number two, if they do know that they have the allergy, that's fine. Three, if they're ordering the product for who knows where, they will not know whether or not it will actually trigger that allergy. Well, I can tell you that you know, if it's in Canada then, you know, if it's in Canada and they have the proper stickers and they've had the the proper approvals and so on, uh, then they're protected. But, you know, with so much going on through the internet nowadays, you know, it's like everybody and their brother is selling a product somewhere. And we are importing so much more than Mm -hmm. we manufacture. And and, you know, being able to trust the labeling and, and the authenticity of the ingredients and not just food items. We need to be concerned with everything that we come in contact with. So that includes medications, cosmetic products, mm-hmm. you know, shampoos. It's really hard with botanicals these days. You know, manufacturers are trying to entice the consumer by adding more and more botanicals. But when you're dealing with the top 10 allergens, then it's a concern for those of us. 
Well, because people think automatically an allergy is digesting something. Yes, they do. Or getting stung. Yes. It doesn't occur to them that allergies, you know, as much that it could be basically a skin cream. I know that, for instance, if you were to go tomorrow and decide that you want to go get a dermabrasion done, the first question they're asking you is what type of pills are you on? Mm. Because they want to make sure that there's not going to be any type of allergic reaction with the chemicals that they're using on your skin and the the pills that you've ingested into your body and, you know, which could trigger some kind of an allergic shock. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that could happen with a number of different things, really. Yes, my son actually had anaphylactic reaction to laundry detergent. You know, he's a young student and his roommates changed the laundry detergent that they were using. And he did his eight loads and was covered from foot to toe in hives. And he was scarlet and his hands were just scarlet and he started to have trouble breathing. So that goes back again, then it goes, well, I think, I think what really happens is, is that it's, you know, you can create, and there's two sides to it here. On one side, you can create as much awareness as you possibly can to say, okay, you know what, there are these kind of allergies, make sure you're protected, make sure there's an EpiPen somewhere, you know, close to you, or if not on you somewhere. But then there's the other side of, uh, of awareness saying, you know what, do I have any allergies? I don't know if I have it. So does that mean that maybe people should consider getting allergy tests? No, it's not recommended. We no? don't want people okay. fretting that they might have an allergy. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, I want to clear that yeah, because no, believe me, important. you know, I mean, when you've got my listeners out there and they're listening to the, you know, to the entire show, which again is to create awareness, we don't want them all panicking now thinking, oh my God, you know, I don't have these and maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. I, it seems to me as if, you know, there's, there's that five categories there, which could be of concern. And, uh, and then being aware that there are EpiPens available. That's really where we're all about. Yes. Right. And, you know, the fact that we would like to see provincial government, if not federal government, take a strong active role by ensuring good legislation, maybe making sure that these, uh, an EpiPen can be a serviceable product that's going to be in different areas where there will be the public they're exposed, the public is exposed to whatever. Well, you know what, Debbie, I know you mentioned about getting them into two baseball games. So you know what, that's a great subject we got to talk about because now we've got a lot of sports athletes, people that are really keen on sports, and they need to know about it. Maybe, you know, work with different organizations in the sports world. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at the Condo Expert. And I'm speaking with Debbie Bruce, the co-director of the Canadian Anaphylaxis Initiative. And you You can find information on cai-allergies.ca or you can email Debbie and that would be at ajjr3033 at rogers.com. Hang tight and I will be right back. Linda Pinizzato, she's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 
647-977-7113. ITMayday.com.